asset or cryptocurrency? That is the question. Welcome to Word on the Block, the series that takes a deeper dive into blockchain and the emerging technologies that shape our world at the intersection of business, politics, and economy. It's what we cover right here on Forecast News. I'm Forecast Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Well, he is one of the first Bitcoin evangelists, and a lot of people are probably wishing they listened to him a lot earlier. He is Roger Ver, and his early investments in crypto startups earned him the moniker Bitcoin Jesus. His more professional moniker is executive chairman of Bitcoin.com, and he joins us here now ahead of GBA Blockchain Week, March 30th to April 1st, where we will both be speaking. But of course, we have a sneak peek, and we're speaking right here, right now. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you, Angie. It's great to have you. Now, you're dialing in from... St. Bart's, and uh, it's it's a, a lovely part of the world. But increasingly, we are seeing a lot of uh, crypto investors in that part of the world. Um, but we'll touch on that a little later on. You were an early prophet of Bitcoin. Um, you know, you people call you Bitcoin Jesus. You prefer Bitcoin Johnny Appleseed. You know, planting the fields which are now bearing fruit. And Bitcoin keeps breaking record highs. What did you see that others did not? Uh, I think I saw the use case for Bitcoin. Uh, in my own background, being involved in e-commerce, I knew that there was a huge demand for a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system that could be used by people all over the world to buy and sell things. And Bitcoin back in 2011 and 13, 12, 13, 14, up until maybe 2017, filled that niche very, very, very well. Uh, Today, it still has that brand recognition and name recognition around the world, but it doesn't have that usefulness in actual e-commerce. In fact, just uh, earlier last week, I renewed the Bitcoin.com domain name with a Namecheap.com. And it if I had used Bitcoin to pay for the renewal, the fee to use Bitcoin would have been more than the renewal itself. And so that's just a, a sad testament for just how much less useful Bitcoin is today in commerce than it used to be. So instead of using Bitcoin to pay for the renewal of the Bitcoin.com domain name, I used Bitcoin Cash, and the fee was about a, a tenth of a penny to do that. So I'm much more bullish on Bitcoin Cash today than I am on what everybody's calling Bitcoin. Well, you, you very famously uh, was part of a camp, uh, Bitcoin Cash, that hard forked at a Bitcoin. It was very famously covered. Uh, it was the having, you know, people were really concerned about it at the time. Uh, and I think, you know, you you were part of the Bitcoin Cash contingent that wanted to preserve the payments, the transactions, and in, in fact, increase the transaction speeds. Uh, and, and here we are today. Uh, do you, do you kind of regret uh, you know, that that hard fork? Do you wish that Bitcoin could have, as a whole, seen the the value of that uh, tr those transaction speeds? Or do you also see that a store of value has value? I think I have two regrets currently. The first regret is that that split between the two different ideological visions of peer-to-peer -peer cash for the world versus something that only needs to be used as a store value. I regret that that split between those camps didn't happen earlier. Uh, the fighting had been going on for maybe you know four or five years, and then finally the split happened. I think it would have been better for everybody if that divorce had happened earlier. So I regret that that split didn't happen sooner. And then my other regret, uh, 
I think was just in the, the timing of my trading of trading Bitcoin into Bitcoin cash. I still think that that was a very smart trade, but my timing could have been better. At the moment, the, the exchange rate's about 100 to 1. Uh, I certainly did not get 100 to 1 for my Bitcoin into Bitcoin Cash. But if you look at it around the world, I think the people that think Bitcoin is only going to be used as a store value are, are completely missing the point. In Hong Kong, where I believe you're from, uh, everybody uses the Hong Kong dollar as their store value because they can spend the Hong Kong dollar anywhere in the country. In Europe, everybody uses the euro as their store value because they can spend the euro anywhere. And the same is true with the US dollar in America. Everyone uses it as their store value because they can spend it everywhere. And if you weren't able to spend the euro or the dollar or the Hong Kong dollar everywhere, people in those countries wouldn't be using it as their store value. So as Bitcoin Cash becomes spendable as money all over the world, more and more people are going to start using that as their store of value rather than something like Bitcoin, where it costs you more in fees to use it than it does to, to pay for the thing that you're actually paying for. And so I think that the, the long run trend is so incredibly clear. Whatever people can use as a medium of exchange is also what they're going to wind up using as a store of value. Well, that's one of the hugest criticisms of that. Um, Nero Bini, uh, you know, a, a very famous anti-crypto, uh, uh, anti-Bitcoin uh, economist, um, speaks about that point directly, which is uh, what value is there if it, it is not, uh, you know, usable in daily transactions? Yeah, and uh, Norbini is right on that. You can you can quote me as saying that uh, it'll rile up a lot of people. But uh, if you look at it, though, that's why I'm so incredibly bullish on Bitcoin Cash in uh, Antigua, the neighboring island where I, I also have citizenship. You can spend Bitcoin Cash at uh, almost every restaurant in the country, at a gas station, at supermarkets, at all sorts of places there. You can't do that with Bitcoin because the fees are too high. And these everyone says Lightning Network this or Layer Two that. Uh, that's probably been the biggest overhyped piece of vaporware ever in the history of the internet. It's not there. It's not useful for commerce yet. Uh, maybe someday it will be, and I'll be cheering for it when it is, but it's just plain and simple not there yet, whereas Bitcoin Cash can work to be money for the entire world right now today. And that's why there's more physical places accepting Bitcoin Cash around the world today than there are any other cryptocurrency. And I think that's a really big deal that most of the world hasn't noticed yet. So when Tesla says that it's going to uh, take one and a half billion in Bitcoin uh, for uh, to park some of its its capital, uh, and then in the it's also it also says that it uh, intends to accept Bitcoin as a transfer of payment. Do you think that that's actually going to happen, or do you think other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin Cash, like other currencies that that have more of that transactional value, um, uh, will be used instead? Yeah, if, if you're buying a $100,000 Tesla, it's not as big a deal to pay, you know, a $20 transaction fee. But if you're buying, you know, a $20 something else, right, a, you know, iPhone accessory or whatever else, a $20 fee to buy your $20 item is a huge, huge deal. Or what if you want to buy a new app for your Tesla, right? Uh, you're not going to want to pay $20 for your $5 app. Uh, and so I think in the long run, whatever people are able to use for payments, both big and small, is what people wind up using for payments, of course and as their store value. And so uh, I, Tesla made that announcement before Elon had, had spoken with me, but I, I'm happy to help guide him uh, on that in the future because he's been busy with Tesla and SpaceX and lots of other things. Uh, I've been following the cryptocurrency ecosystem every single moment, day and night for over a decade now. And uh, it's hard to catch up with that amount of experience, but I'm more than happy to help him on that front. Did you think the market would get here? 
yeah, I, I knew the market would get here. And in fact, I, I made a video way back in 2011 when people were saying that they thought Bitcoin was a stupid, you know, Ponzi scheme. And I said, no, 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 no. Bitcoin is one of the most important inventions ever in the history of the world and that it was going to outperform gold, silver and the U.S. stock market by more than 100 times over the next two years. So I said that way back in 2011. But the version of Bitcoin that I was talking about and was proved right on was Bitcoin Cash. It's not what everybody's calling Bitcoin today. So it's a bit frustrating for me. Bitcoin has this worldwide name recognition and brand, uh, but it's not, it's, everyone, people buy Bitcoin today, they're expecting it to work like Bitcoin Cash works today. And so now my new job is to educate people on that front. Bitcoin Cash is the original Bitcoin described in the Bitcoin white paper. It's the peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash for the world. They can bring more economic freedom to every single human being on the planet where you don't need a custodian to hold your Bitcoin for you like you do with BTC today. It's literally the tool to empower every individual on the planet to have a freer, uh, more, more prosperous life. And that's what has me so excited. And that's why I'm still here after a decade doing this. Uh, Bitcoin at this point has just become a speculative asset for other rich people to speculate on the future speculations of other rich people. That's not exciting for me. I want to empower every individual on the planet to have complete control over their own money. Bitcoin Cash enables that today. The thing that everybody's calling Bitcoin no longer does. But, you know, and, and that, that brand recognition of Bitcoin as a store of value and not necessarily the, the uh, initial vision of peer-to-peer -peer transaction may be true. But there is a role, some would argue, to be played for the store value, the digital gold, if you will. It's bringing more liquidity in the market. It's bringing more institutional uh, investors uh, into the industry. Do you think that that's a good thing? It's a great thing. The more people that have access to cryptocurrencies, the, the better off the entire world is. But the moment somebody tries using Bitcoin and someone tries using Bitcoin Cash, it'll become very, very clear to them which one is more useful for payments around the world. And if you're having to use a custodial system, like that's one of my other big gripes, I guess, about Bitcoin is there's lots of things that people are mistakenly calling wallets. They're not actual wallets. They're just custodial accounts. And as we've seen historically in the U.S., the U.S. government came and seized all the gold from private gold holders. Don't think that they won't do the same thing with Bitcoin if everybody's having to use a custodian to hold their Bitcoin for them. Whereas with something like Bitcoin Cash, each individual can hold the Bitcoin Cash themselves. There's no there's no Coinbase for the government to go to to seize everybody's Bitcoin Cash if everybody's able to hold it themselves. So that's a really, really important uh, distinction between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash is that Bitcoin Cash is more censorship resistant, more decentralized and, and more difficult for governments to control. And if anything, that's why I think we've seen such a strong propaganda campaign in favor of Bitcoin and opposed to Bitcoin Cash because Bitcoin no longer threatens the status quo. Bitcoin Cash disrupts the, the existing power structures because it literally empowers every human being on the planet to have complete control over their own money. Sadly, Bitcoin no longer does that. I mean, you've often correlated the rise of Bitcoin prices to uh, volumes uh, uh, with Bitcoin Cash. Are you seeing that correlation right now? And, and what, is, what is that threshold, especially since Bitcoin crossed another all-time high? So the U.S. dollar is kind of the world's reserve currency. So if people in Japan are doing business with people in China, oftentimes the deal is done in dollars. Uh, the same is true of the cryptocurrency world with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is kind of the reserve cryptocurrency that all the other cryptocurrencies are traded against. And maybe that will change with time, but it's a huge network effect to be overcome. 
And it, so it just depends on how bad the user experience eventually becomes with Bitcoin as to how fast people will migrate away from that. But uh, Bitcoin Cash provides a fantastic user experience today. And so do a thousand other uh, cryptocurrencies out there. The question is, which one will get the biggest network effect and the biggest amount of traction and the biggest user base? And Bitcoin Cash clearly is in the pole position today, but it doesn't mean it's going to win the race. And so any smart uh, investor would have a diverse portfolio out there. So don't I'm not advocating that people only own Bitcoin Cash. I'm advocating that people try out all these different cryptocurrencies and use the ones that are the most useful to them in their own lives. Do you think there's a bifurcation almost of people's perception of, of the use case of cryptocurrency? It really feels very speculative at the moment. Um, people are trading, buying uh, cryptocurrency uh, and and we're seeing enormous volumes on crypto exchanges around the world. But it's very rare and it's a much smaller percentage to be actually doing what you're talking about, which is peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Do you think that there, there's a divergence coming that it's you're, you're choosing either or? Uh, no, it's not an either or, but I, I think one leads to the other. So the use is peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash then attracts all the additional investment in speculators and, and traditional finance businesses. And it's so clear, if you look at the biggest discussion platform website for Bitcoin today, just about every single post is the price is this, the price is that, institutional is coming, this and that. If you look at the biggest Bitcoin cash discussion platform, all the posts are, look at this new restaurant that's now accepting Bitcoin Cash. Look at that new business that's now integrating Bitcoin Cash. Look at what I just bought for Bitcoin Cash. Look at what I just sold for Bitcoin Cash. And it's look at all the ways people are actually using Bitcoin Cash as cash. And that usage as cash is what will lead to the institutional investment and the speculators and, and the bigger market cap in the future. Whereas on Bitcoin at this point, it's just speculators speculating on the future speculation of future speculators. That's not a sustainable long-term path to success. Bitcoin Cash, building the tools to enable people to use it as money all over the world is. And that's why I'm still much more bullish on Bitcoin Cash. The starting point is 100 times lower than Bitcoin, right? We're looking at $500 versus $50,000 uh, approximately at the moment. And the potential upside is at least 10 times more. The total market cap for cash around the world is significantly larger than the total market cap for gold uh, around the world. So Bitcoin Cash is a much, much more attractive uh, investment as well as well as a tool to bring more economic freedom to the world, which is what has me the most excited about for anybody that's ever had a PayPal account closed on them or a bank account closed or a credit card account closed. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is really an amazing tool. Thing is, not everybody, uh, you, you know, as we expand this uh, conversation to regulators, you know, not every jurisdiction in the world uh, agree with you. Um, St. Kitts and Nevis is is uh, one of your uh where you have one of your citizenships, uh, it it is a very crypto friendly jurisdiction. Uh, it uh, has legalized crypto, including Bitcoin Cash, the use of Bitcoin Cash. But not every jurisdiction uh, has done so. Uh, China, uh, you know, uh, using crypto is illegal, um, and, and there are certainly other broader examples. How does the regulatory uh, environment either uh, nurture the use case of, of Bitcoin Cash and peer-to-peer? -peer, and uh, where do you see that evolving? Yeah, by intentional technological design, 
Bitcoin or and now Bitcoin Cash is above the law. So the politicians can get together and write down any words they want on a piece of paper that does not alter the way the Bitcoin Cash network works or, or the users there. And so a lot of people love to complain about India or China or this or that country is banning crypto or this and that. Uh, Americans need to look right in their own backyard. Uh, right now, this morning, as we recorded this, uh, the federal government raided the businesses of a bunch of people in New Hampshire for running Bitcoin uh, cash and Bitcoin ATM machines and accepting Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies at their businesses, uh, apparently without the right permission slips from the right you know, government bodies. It's just absolutely crazy. Free people should be allowed to do absolutely anything that's peaceful and not need permission from a bunch of people. Uh, they call themselves law enforcement, but they're other human beings just like you or I. The only difference is they wear uh, essentially a costume and other people believe that because they're wearing a costume, they get the right to boss other people around. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't believe just because somebody puts on a costume or works in a building with a flag in front that they get to boss around the rest of us human beings. They're just as much of a human being as you or I are. And they, uh, you and I have just as much right to live our lives peacefully as they do. And uh, anybody that's not wearing a costume that aggresses against a peaceful person is called a robber or a rapist or a mugger. It suddenly, though, if they work in a building with a flag in front and put on a costume, now it's law enforcement or a government authority, and people believe that they have a legitimate right to do that. Well, uh, the brainwashing didn't work on me. I don't believe in that, and that's why I'm so excited about cryptocurrencies is because by technological design, every human being on the planet has the ability to use them. And maybe you'll still get caught. Maybe these violent people will still throw you in, in jail, but they won't be able to stop the network as a whole. And my hope is that someday people will stop paying for these people to go and aggress against peaceful people. Anybody anywhere in the world should be allowed to do anything that's peaceful and the entire world will be better off for everybody, uh, except for the criminal aggressors that are out there. And uh, that's why I'm so excited about cryptocurrencies. That that's your characterization, and and you are uh, you you absolutely have every right to that characterization. Um, but other people don't share that. Uh, obviously, as government agencies that are taxpayer uh, paid for, uh, it represents uh, the protection of the greater good, and certainly that is. What so all the, all the concentration camps were paid for with that. And I, I think the amount of taxation in society is, is, is the exact opposite of the greater good. Uh, if you really look at it, the countries with the least amount of taxation and the least amount of government control have the highest rates of economic growth and people have the highest standard of living there. Uh, and so I think we need to advocate for more of that sort of thing around the world. And and if you look at it, well, let me pick up on one point that let me pick up on one point that that is 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 a very common narrative out there, which is Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies um, are a, a source uh, for criminals uh, to hide transactions, anti-money laundering, uh, know your customer uh, regulations are strictly enforced and increasingly so. Um, and, and that, that is, that is the, the, the financial crimes aspect of cryptocurrency that, that it has been tagged with. And so how, how do you respond to that version of, of the criminal nature of the use of cryptocurrency? So some of that is certainly true. Some people out there are using cryptocurrencies to do, you know, bad things. Uh, but that's certainly much more true and to a much, much, much larger extent with the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is the most commonly used crime currency in the entire world by far. Uh, more bad things are done and paid for with the U.S. dollar than any other currency out there in the entire world. 
And if you look at it, all these KYC laws, they actually make things more dangerous. So just recently, I needed to swap one cryptocurrency to another, and there's only one exchange in the entire world that can do that. Uh, long story short, in order for me to do that, I had to send them the cryptocurrency, swap it to the other one. And then they said, okay, before we'll allow you to withdraw this new cryptocurrency, we need a copy of your proof of address, your copy of your passport, your copy of this and that. Whereas previously I had zero risk of identity theft from this, you know, random website on the internet that I don't know much about them. Now they know how much money I have in cryptocurrency and they know exactly where I live and who I am. Like all that has to do is leak out to one bad person out there and maybe they're going to show up at my house in the middle of the night with a, with a gun and demand my cryptocurrency. It's a really terrifying thing. And it's made my life more dangerous because of these KYC laws where I have to tell people exactly where I'm living and then they have an idea as exactly how much cryptocurrency I have. That's a, that's a disaster waiting to happen. And uh, you know maybe somebody will sue some government out there for uh, endangering their, lo- their life by forcing KYC regulations out there. It makes it more dangerous uh, for the consumers and it makes the, the exchanges or the businesses that are collecting the KYC more attractive targets for hackers because not only maybe can they hack the cryptocurrency, they can do a whole bunch of identity theft at the same time and then they can sell those identities for more, uh, more money. So it's just a, a really bad deal all the way around and does almost nothing to stop illegal activity with, with money. Do you, I mean, clearly you, you speak for the, 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 the rights of the individual. Uh, I, I, I hear that loud and clear. Uh, you know, I, I think we all, we all really respect the fact that, you know, peer to peer transactions, there's, there's value in that. But do you also think that there could be value in, uh, in regulation? Uh, there could be value in parameters. There could be value in governance. So I, the first two questions, yes, but I, I don't think that there's value. So let's answer one question at a time. So is there value in regulation? Of course. A fantastic example of that is a, a website now. It used to be a magazine when I was a kid called Consumer Reports. And this is a private business that goes out there and looks at all sorts of different products and gives reviews on them. This this looks like a good product. This looks like a dangerous product. We recommend this. We don't recommend that. That's a fantastic voluntary example of how the market can provide consumer protection services and and regulatory things and can call out scams when they're out there. Uh, And that's fantastic. What I don't think the world needs more of is coercive, violent monopolies on that sort of thing. So the the SEC claims to have the right to be able to tell people, oh, you can or can't sell this security token, or you need our permission to do this or that. Well, they're stifling innovation in the world and holding back the entire world's rate of progress. Or the same with the FDA. They tell people, oh, we're going to toss you in jail if you use a medical treatment that's not approved. Well, their incentives are exactly wrong. Their incentives are to be too conservative because if they approve a drug too early and people die because of that, they're going to sue and it's going to be all over the media and there's going to be a huge amount of complaining about it. Whereas if they delay a drug from being approved too long, that could have saved you know 100,000 lives every single year, but it takes an extra decade for it to get approved. Well, a million people died because of it, but everybody's quiet because nobody knew and the drug wasn't approved and those people are dead, so they can't complain and, and, and nobody knew about it. So the FDA actually kills more people than they protect. And it's a giant disaster, but people just aren't aware of it. And they have this entrenched monopoly that's funded with money that's extracted from people under the threat of violence. Uh, and look at John McAfee. The world is lucky to have such an interesting, talented, amazing person as him. And what happened right now? The United States federal government threw him in jail. He's in jail, and they're probably going to keep him there until he dies. He's 70-something years old. Well, he has evaded taxes. 
that's good. Good for him. More people should stop funneling violent organizations that use that. What does the U.S. government do? They use it to buy drones and drop bombs on people all over the world. If they're using it to build hospitals and schools to help people, I think people would voluntarily pay those taxes. If they use it to murder people all over the world, people should stop paying for it. So good for John McAfee. And at the end of the day, you can't argue that taxation is not theft. You can argue that it's necessary or leads to good outcome, but you can't. if you look at the definition, you cannot come up with a definition of theft that also doesn't include taxation. So uh, free John McAfee. <laughs> I, I'm sure he appreciate, I'm sure he really uh, would hope that to be true as well. Um, you know, it, it, it's that, it's, it's, um, it's that type of uh, perspective that I think have a lot of people scratching their heads uh, about the the uh, you know the squashing of innovation. Uh, as you've said, uh, the United States, uh, you know, s- some of the big criticisms of regulators and and not uh, being as forward thinking. You spent some time in Japan, in this part of the world, in Asia. How do you compare the regions when it comes to? Uh, crypto adoption and integration. How how do you compare the East and the West? Yeah, I I would love to be able to get back to Asia, but I guess this is another example. People who I've never met and don't know anything about me or my life, I have to get their permission to be able to go to these different countries because, you know, I've already had coronavirus. I can't have it a second time, but I'm not allowed to go there at the moment. I don't have a visa. I can't get into Taiwan. I can't get into Japan. I can't get into, you know, most countries in Asia at the moment because the restrictions are so tight there. Because people who have never met me and I've never met claim that they have the right to be able to tell other people where they can or can't go in the world. I think it's really, really crazy. Uh, if, if you're worried about coronavirus, great. Wear a mask, self-isolate, but don't force the rest of the world to not be able to live their lives. And so uh, how do I compare Asia with the West? Uh, some things are much better. Some things are worse. Uh, there's good and bad places about different places all over the world. And I invite people, don't just stay in the country where you were born. Don't just stay in the town where you were born. Go out there and explore the world and go wherever you enjoy the most and and spend time there and and see the world. It's a great big giant world out there. And if you're a a fan of Elon Musk and what he's up to, head on over to Mars and check things out over there as well. It's a big universe out there that we all all should have the opportunity to explore. What's what's your favorite part of the world right now? Uh, Why? And uh, is it crypto friendly? Uh, I'm really enjoying my time here in St. Bart's at the moment. Uh, there's no curfew. All the restaurants are open. There's very little mask wearing. And there's lots of really interesting people. Uh, in fact, we're having not just one Bitcoin cash meetup a week. We're having multiple Bitcoin cash meetups a week. And it's really interesting because there's lots of uh, successful business people here. And I'm busy uh, spreading Bitcoin cash adoption and how it works to these people here. And and, and they get it. They excited. They're excited. Anybody who's run a business knows what a headache it is dealing with international payments and dealing with bank wire transfers and and dealing with this sort of stuff so they can see very clearly how bitcoin cash or any peer-to-peer electronic cash solves a huge problem in business and so i'm excited to to be you know doing these these classes here has it has it expanded the the market reach for businesses in st bart's to reach more of a a global uh marketplace uh, where you know bitcoin cash actually eases transactions not only you know, within the Caribbean, but also, you know, perhaps in Europe or Asia or, or North America. Has that happened yet? Uh, it, it will. It, it takes some time. I haven't been here very long. I've only been here a few weeks now. But uh, in Antigua, I was there for a number of months last year. And pretty much, you know, every major business on the island is accepting Bitcoin cash at this point. Uh, they would have been doing it with Bitcoin, but it doesn't work as cash anymore. So that's why they're using Bitcoin cash. And I think, you know, we're seeing it more and more places around the world. There's another fantastic example of that. 
in Slovenia. There's a great company there called GoCrypto.com. And they've and Slovenia is a small country. I think the population is like 3 million or something like that. And they have thousands of physical locations accepting Bitcoin Cash for payments. Uh, and this company is you know paying their payroll in Bitcoin Cash. And it's just really an amazing example of how people now have choices in money. And, and everybody's taught growing up that monopolies are a bad thing because they lead to high prices and a bad quality product. Uh, the same is true of money. When you have a monopoly on the issuance of money, you have a poor form of money that doesn't work very well. Now, thanks to cryptocurrencies, we're seeing competition in the field of money. And Bitcoin Cash is having to compete against everything else, including the dollar and the euro and this and that. It's leading to better forms of money for people all over the world. And just like Apple is competing against, you know, Android is competing against IBM and Microsoft and this and that leads to better computer devices and better software. The same is true with cryptocurrencies. It's leading to better currencies for the entire world. And that's great for everybody. So Bitcoin reached an all-time high uh, above 61. Uh, currently, correct me if I'm wrong, Bitcoin Cash right now is trading around 530 $550 uh, Bitcoin Cash. Um, why is there such a discrepancy? And is that a good thing in your view for Bitcoin Cash? If you're an investor coming in today, it's a fantastic thing. Bitcoin Cash, it's about a one one hundredth the price of Bitcoin, but it has at least 10,000 times cheaper fees. Uh, the transactions are much faster. The user experience is thousands of times better than Bitcoin. So as an investor, it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And that's even why with my own money, I'm busy buying more, more Bitcoin Cash uh, every single month. And uh, I think it's a fantastic deal because it actually works. And for anybody that's on the fence and not sure, the best thing you can possibly do to understand the difference is to make a transaction with both. Make a transaction with Bitcoin and make a transaction with Bitcoin Cash, and it'll be clear as clear can be which one of these gives a better user experience. Uh, so Bitcoin has the strong brand recognition, but Bitcoin Cash has that amazing uh, magical peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash experience. In the long run, uh, my money is absolutely on Bitcoin Cash. Well, I, I will share with you, uh, one of our forecast uh, uh, reporters actually uh, did that. Uh, and uh, transaction fees for Bitcoin on a $50 uh, transaction was actually $17. Uh, and Bitcoin Cash, I think, is in the fourth decimal point. I think you're point zero, zero, <laughs> zero 0.09, I think, per transaction. Um, and so where do you see it developing? Um, I guess and do you one see thing that, that most people don't realize there are already more transactions happening on the Bitcoin cash network right now today than there are on the Bitcoin network. So there'll be right now today, as we're recording this, more people are going to transact on the Bitcoin cash network than on Bitcoin. And so I think it's just a matter of time before the, the market cap of both moves to reflect that as well. Uh, and, and so I'm sorry, what, what was the actual? Well, question? no, no. Well, I, I wanted to know where is the growth going to be? So that that's actually that was very relevant. Where is the growth going to be? Do you think it's going to be geographical? Do you think it's going to be, you know, per industry? We're going to see do are we going to see uh, DeFi develop? Um, what, we already what are have DeFi. a lot of people just aren't aware of it. Uh, in fact, if if I can pitch something that I just think is so amazing. So everybody knows about Tether. Some people know about USDC and some of these other stable coins out there. My favorite stable coin by far is one called FlexUSD, where you can hold the own token right there in your own wallet where you have the keys. But on chain, every eight hours, they pay you interest uh, to that token. So it's only like, you know, 5% APR, but that's 5% more than any other stable coin out there is paying you. So imagine that you can have the equivalent of your dollars 
that you can zip around the world on chain. And these, this is on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain, of course, because the fees are low enough where this is possible. You can pay, uh, they pay you interest right there to your wallet. So I have it, you know, right here on my phone. Every eight hours, I'm receiving interest to my US dollar stablecoin balance there. It's really, really a fantastic tool that we're seeing more and more people start using around the world. But to answer your question, I think people are going to be using this online. In-person payments is kind of fun, but uh, it's the internet. And if you take a look at read.cash, and I'm sorry, uh, noise.cash is the other one. It's just amazing. People all over the world are using Bitcoin Cash to tip each other for social media posts. And it's really an amazing, uh, amazing amount of uh, transactional volume from people all over the world using Bitcoin Cash as money. And that's exactly what made Bitcoin popular to begin with, was people using it as money. And then people speculating on it because it was able to be used as money. Well, Bitcoin Cash has the usefulness as money, and it's starting to attract more and more people speculating upon it because of its usefulness as money. There's a big list of billionaires, uh, Bitcoin billionaires. You are not on that list, uh, but you could have been. You could have been. Maybe the list um, is accurate. So. <laughs> the list is not accurate. Do tell, Roger. Uh, uh, so it, especially also when some of the companies I've invested in uh, go public, I'll have several billion dollars uh, worth of capital there too. I think I'm probably going to put the first billion into more Bitcoin cash. So feel free to front run me if you're watching this. And then I think I'll put the second bill in into uh, more infrastructure to enable more Bitcoin cash to be used uh, as money around the world without needing permission from uh, various regulators or other people wearing costumes around the world. Tell me more about that investment, uh, putting that $1 billion war chest to work in infrastructure. What can we see? What do we expect I, to see? Will we see Bitcoin cash ATMs all around the world? Will you be talking to regulators around the world? Uh, to, to smooth the way uh, for individuals to have access. So if you study economics, there's a term called comparative advantage. And so basically the idea is that uh, certain people are better at doing certain things or than, than other things. Probably the point where I, I, I'm not particularly skilled is dealing with regulators and, and dealing with those sorts of people. So I'm probably not going to be doing too much of that. I'm going to be busy building the tools to enable people to run their businesses and, and run their lives. And so a, a year or two back, I announced a $200 Bitcoin Cash ecosystem fund. I've already deployed more than $100 million of that into various businesses like GoCrypto.com, like Sweet.io, like all sorts of things out there that are enabling people to actually use Bitcoin Cash as money. And uh, maybe we'll step up those efforts and do it uh, even more there uh, in the future. You're going to be investing in Asia? I uh, already am uh, to a large extent. Yeah. So uh, we're funding all sorts of things there. Uh, in fact, the most recent one, I've been talking with people in Thailand. They're doing payment processors there uh, and we want to make Bitcoin Cash an even deeper part uh, of that directly as well. And then there's been a number of businesses in Singapore that I've already invested in and, and some in Japan as well, of course. What do you think the biggest growth potential is here in Asia, especially for the remittances space, for the cross-border transactions? Um, you know, Bitcoin Cash with with its fractional transaction fees um, has got to be super attractive uh, for remittances. Yeah, I think if you're thinking just Asia or just America or just Europe, you're thinking too small. This is literally money for every single human being on the planet, regardless of what part of the world they happen to be living in. And so I want to build the tools that enable that. And, uh, and that's what we're busy doing over at, uh, at Bitcoin.com and then these other businesses that I, I'm busy investing in as well. 
Well, last question. We're going to be hanging out at the GBA Blockchain Week. What are you going to be sharing with investors, with fans, with uh, the crypto curious, the crypto converts? What do you think the message uh, is that you want to share and where you think growth is going to go in the next decade to come? Yeah, I think the message is if you're crypto curious, give this a try and I'll help you get started. Anybody that watches this uh, broadcast, send an email to free at Bitcoin.com and mention Angie uh, here and I'll send you $1 <laughs> in Bitcoin cash via email that someday might be worth as much as a $1,000. But I can do that with Bitcoin cash. It's impossible to do that with Bitcoin uh, because the fees would be, you know, 10, 15, $20 per transaction. Whereas with Bitcoin Cash, I can send each and every one of you a dollar uh, and it costs an extra, you know, fraction of a penny. So that's very doable. So just send that email to free at bitcoin.com and mention this interview and we'll send you that dollar of Bitcoin Cash right there as an on chain transaction via email. Well, Roger, they were not joking when they called you an evangelist uh, from Bitcoin Jesus, but I know that I think you prefer. Bitcoin Johnny Appleseed. Uh, either way, uh, your predictions are all bearing fruit now. Uh, and it's just a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to speak with you and, and uh, get some of your very candid thoughts uh, on this space. And I can't wait to see where we're going. Thank you, Angie. And I'll point out that the original Jesus was killed by government agents funded with tax dollars. So uh, let's put a stop to that sort of thing. Free John McAfee, uh, free Ross, and every other person that's in prison for a, for a victimless crime. He also turned the other cheek and taught us all compassion. Uh, so it's, it's all a good thing. Thank you so much, Roger, for that. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on this latest episode of Word on the Block. I'm Angie Lau, Forecast News Editor-in-Chief. Until the next time. Thank you.